0: To LA. I'm coming from the city where no pity is shell shell. Somebody do a song for LA. Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. Love,
1: count my nose,
0: smoke up. I'm from California. Where you from? So what? I'm from California. This is Los Angeles. Well, where we going? Westward, huh? What up, what up, what
1: up? 12 Cal in the building. BTG. What's up, my brother? Oh, man, it's another day, and with another day always comes another dollar.
0: Hey. <laughs> so true, so true. How are we? Man, all is well, man. Can't complain, man. Can't complain, man. Just enjoying life, man. You know what I'm saying? It's It's, uh... It's uh, like, like like the old folks say, it's better to be seen than to be viewed. And,
1: so and, and it's just some of the best wisdom that, that that sticks to us. It's like oatmeal, it's like thick oatmeal.
0: Oh yeah, you got you and you got to pay attention, man. You got to pay attention when the when the old folks are talking. So oh
1: man, that's that, I can't so,
0: complain, man.
1: That, that's that Southern comfort
0: <laughs> wisdom right there. You
1: know what I mean? Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. What's so, up with you?
1: I am good. You know what I'm saying? We over here starting off the new year, doing mm-hmm. doing doing uh, better things in life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Trying trying to get through this journey, uh, maneuvering through this world, this new world we call 2023 you know yes sir uh but yes, sir. you know it's it's not about it's not about myself you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it is my show but today or tonight is your platform you know what i mean And we got a couple of questions that we're going to ask you.
0: Okay, okay. But
1: but before we get to those questions, like, you know, what's been going on? Anything new going on with you? Uh, The podcast, what do we got to look forward to? You know what I'm saying? What was the latest episode that dropped that I totally had confused in my head, (laughs) you know? I had my own uh, legs walking with that. But who better to break it down than the person that created the content? Mr. 12 Cal?
0: Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Now everything's good, man. Just uh, like you said, it's a new year. Um, Not really doing too much. Um, Just like you, like you always say, just trying to stay out the way. Um, Sticking to the goals and stuff. I don't make resolutions, but just sticking to the goals and just really trying to be a better man. And if I'm a better man, then I'll in turn be a better father and better husband. And it's small things that you could do each day to do that. So that's all I'm just trying to do. Um, As far as the podcast, uh, the podcast you mentioned, um, (laughs) I did a Mount Rushmore, uh, but I added a twist to it. For the Mount Rushmore, I had it based on a city, but it's the athletes that played in that particular city. And this particular one, it was on the Bay Area. So any athletes that played in um, San Francisco or Oakland uh, were eligible for the Mount Rushmore. So um it's it's a, it's something that you know I'm going to do periodically throughout the year The Mount Rushmore's I'll take a city and I'll pick you know four players uh that I think should be on the Mount Rushmore and um it's it's not as easy as you think it might be but um it's, it's been, it was fun man in my most recent one um I was actually Bale I was riding in the car and I was listening to Little Brother And they got a song called um, Black Magic. And on on one of the verses, the rapper Big Pooh said, I'm still focused on the goal and not what's hanging on the wall. Mm. And it made me, and I've heard this song a thousand times because the album came out in 2019. But it made me think about what was on my wall. And I looked on my wall. And as you know, and maybe some of your listeners know, I graduated from South Carolina State University. It's a historically black college and university located in the city of Orangeburg in the state of South Carolina. Well, I graduated there, Baylor, and that verse made me realize, like, my degree is nowhere on my wall. Mm. And not only that, but my wife went to school there as well. She graduated. She has a master's degree as well. Her degree isn't on the wall. Our son, he graduated from Alabama A&M, our oldest son, and he's currently pursuing his master's, but his undergraduate degree... It's not on the wall either. So like it made me think, and the question I kind of posed to my listeners was the, the episode is called To a Degree. And I, I posed the question of does a college degree matter? Mm. And so I give you the pros and cons, you know, because we can't I came out of I'm older than you, I'm ten years older than you, but when I came out of school, at the time that I came out of school, like like you had to have a college degree. Mm-hmm. Like at the very least to have a quote unquote good job, if you will. But as I mentioned on the podcast, and I'm gonna give away all the juice because I want people to listen. But I, I made the reference of like, let's say if you're you have a YouTube channel, you're a YouTube influencer or a social media influencer, you don't need to go to college for that. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? You, you can. It's people right now who are younger than us who make probably double what we make, and they didn't set foot in one in anybody's college class. So that's fact. Um, there's no conventional way to making and earning a living and earning a good living, if you will, an earnest, earnest and honest living. So I just kind of explore the pros and cons, um, as to whether or not you should pursue, uh, a college degree. Okay. So we
1: definitely got to go check that out because I definitely got my opinions towards that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, especially when you mentioned, when you, when you, when you mentioned the HBCUs and things like that, I got, a, mm-hmm. I got a, I got I got I got a soft soft spot somewhere in my heart. Now, I will say this though, getting back to that, to that Mount Rushmore, uh, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of the Bay Area and things like that, I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, my listeners would have a good idea of at least one or two people being on that list. But I want to stir up the pot just real quick before I get to the Go questions. Mm-hmm. Is there a college player that can make this list?
0: I stuck with the pros. You and the reason why the I stuck pros, with the, okay. The reason why I stuck with the pros is because when you start figuring cuz I'm going to touch on damn near every major metropolitan city in the United States throughout this year, right? So, just to give you an example, like I live in Atlanta. So, if I did if I if I just if I went outside the realm of Atlanta sports figures, and it doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily have to be a player on a team sport, it could be Somebody in boxing, somebody in tennis. Right. Uh-huh. If I did that, then, you know, if you if you if you go to college, then you got to factor in like if I use Atlanta, I'd have to use Georgia Tech. I'd have to use the University of Georgia. So, you know, it it, it adds so many more intangibles there when you add uh, and it makes it to be honest, Baylor, it makes it that much tougher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I just
1: wanted to see, you know what I mean, because because right. if Aaron Rodgers wasn't going there, then it just, <laughs> it, just, it just might it might be an issue with a lot of people. You know, I mean, I, I mean,
0: it's I mean, th- look at it like this, and I'm going to get to your city at some point. if I do L.A. and if I did college. Now you got to add in UCLA and yeah. USC. Yeah. I mean, like it gets it gets it gets ugly. You know exactly. Exactly. It's some it's some USC players and some UCLA players that could probably bump off some professional Ooh players. If we're being honest, way. if we're being honest, come Ooh on now. Way.
1: I'm just telling so, you right now, the block is hot when you start talking <laughs> so, about LA, man.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it, so it's tough. So it's um, it, but it's fun, and, and and that's that's just a snippet of. Just some of the things I'm I'm doing a little bit of different things. But um, one of the main things that I said I wanted to do different this year from the podcast is when I have people on, I want to actually interview, them. There you, you go. know, not just, you know, not just us. Just, I mean, we're going to talk trash and, and go back and forth, but I actually, you know, want to do a little bit deeper pieces and 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 actually interview, even if it's my friends interview, them, you know, um, so, um, you know, kind of like this. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to this year on the podcast.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of deeper pieces, man, we got mm-hmm. some, we got some, we got a, a quite a few questions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That we are gonna dig into. Just so, you know, it's an interesting question for an interesting answer. That's what we are looking for tonight, 12-pack. Okay. So the first question I pose to you, when it comes to working. Uh, working on unity in our culture, the black culture, the melanin mm-hmm. culture, when it comes to our culture, is it ignorance
0: or is it just laziness or is it both? Um, I think it's probably more laziness than anything. And I'm very, I'm very skeptical about using the word lazy when it's associated with our people but laziness in a sense of not willing to make the extra effort to come together. Um, If you study our history uh, since we've been here, uh, our times and our circumstances have brought us together as a, as a, as a unit, as a culture, as a people. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating for me as someone who's older Someone who, at right now, at the time of this recording, is fifty years old. So I've seen a lot, and I've I'm also connected to the older generation that came before me, and I know that you know my parents and your parents and your grandparents, they saw a lot of atrocities in their lifetime, and you know my parents lived through the, the the Jim Crow. My mom grew up in the Jim Crow South. My dad grew up in the North. Um, so he wasn't really sub, uh, subject to segregation, but my mom went to segregated schools up until she was a certain age. And so I think the biggest thing for us is those circumstances back then pulled pulled us together. And I know, I think now, I think we're just a little too comfortable. And I, I don't want to use the word lazy, I'll use the word comfortable. We're, we're a little too comfortable in our situations to come together because, you know, maybe I don't want to say this or maybe I don't want to be associated with this person because maybe that doesn't maybe that's not a good look for me. Maybe it's going to you know mess up my bag. Maybe it's going to cost me my job. You know, and so sometimes I think we're in a position where we can say something and we in saying something, we can bring ourselves together. It, because of the circumstances that we're going through, and and I think sometimes we just don't say anything, or we become very complacent, or we figure that you know that's someone else's problems. But no, it's 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 all of our problems, and we go through the struggle is different for each each individual, each family, each person, but collectively we're still struggling to get where we need to be. And if you if you if we want to be honest, if you look back at the 60s and 70s, they were more unified than we are now as a people. Uh-huh. And that's because our circumstances, I mean, we had the Black Panthers, we had Malcolm X, we had Martin Luther King. We had reasons to unify. And now, with all of the stuff that's going on, systematically, politically, we don't unify the way that we should. Well, Not the way that we well, should.
1: Well, you mentioned, you mentioned the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. We don't have those type of leaders anymore. At least we don't have that version anymore. No, we don't. You know, what we I don't. Mean? And, 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 you, and you mentioned the Dr. Kings and the Malcolm X's and and so on and so on. We don't have those figures anymore.
0: And and you know, Baylor, you to be a historian and to understand our culture, you kind of have to ask yourself why, why that is. And you know, I heard I've heard people say this before, and I'll say it on here. You know, people say, well, hey. You know, look at our leaders. When our leaders got to a certain point, they took them out. And so maybe, just maybe, there's some of us who can be the next Malcolm X or the next Martin Luther King or the next Medgar Evers or the next Barbara Jordan, and we want to get to that level, but then, you know, they somebody takes us out. Or, as we saw with the Black Lives Matter movement, there was a bubbling of a new generation, a new crop of young, black, hungry people. And then I don't know what happened. Maybe the elders got in the way, money came involved, and a lot of it got co-opted, and you know, everybody was kind of out for themselves. So, no, we don't have the traditional leader in a sense of you know, the Malcolms or the Martins. Um, can we get back to that? We should be at the point where we're back to that just based on what we go through on a day-to-day basis as a people. Yeah. However, we're not there.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, if you... I don't know. People may agree or may not agree that I think this generation form of lynching is being gunned down by, mm-hmm. you know, you know who. So right. I when I look at that and then not only that, and I'm not putting anybody above the next person, but we do <laughs> understand and we do know um, some of us are emotionally tied to some of these um, entertainers. And to yes. see some of some of the some of these young black men who uh, for some of them don't have a chance to change who they are at that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they're young. You know, we're talking about uh, some of these cats. A lot of these cats are in their 20s, early to mid 20s or late 20s. Those are still when, well, you know, when you get to 40, 50 years old, you know, your your 20. That's you still considered a baby. Right. You know what I mean? Especially if we're talking about your early 20s. So for a lot of these cats that have been taken out due to, you know, uh, our own our own color, our own kind, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, are we not seeing this? You know, are we still not understanding what's going on? Or do, or do we do we still ignore the fact that in, in actuality, physically, we control the entertainment? You we know do. what I mean? If we stop playing sports, it's it. You know what I'm saying? Even with Hollywood, to a certain degree, I look at I look at the the, the music industry just like how I look at uh, the movie industry. Um, yo, if we stop, there's no entertainment. You, mm-hmm. There's no creativity. You know, well, I can't take away from everything. I mean, when it comes to certain movies that we're not a part of, that don't mean that they're not good. But for the most part. We know what the cash cow is, right? And you
0: know what? And that's that's the key word, cash. And I think the biggest thing is, is that we have to understand our our economic dollar and our power in the money that we have because we're the most we're we're the consumers that purchase the most. So the thing is, is that a lot of times when we want to evoke change, we should threaten it with our dollars. Because that's the only thing that people, some people in this world, that's the only thing they're going to understand. They're not going to hear you. They're not going to see you protest. They're not going to hear your boycotts or anything. But when you threaten their dollars, you got their attention. Right. I don't care what it is that you're doing. If you say, okay, well, hey, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you know, and I'll give you a perfect example is we, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about athletics. You know, the the Rooney rule that was put in place to get minorities hired in the NFL, minority coaches hired in the NFL, that rule wasn't put in place because, you know, white people felt sorry for black coaches. No, it was put in place because Johnny Cochran threatened to sue the NFL. Uh-huh. And so we already know what kind of track record Johnny Cochran had. Then this was after OJ. So the mere fact of him putting that threat and because the NFL knew that, OK, if if this guy threatens us to sue us, that's going to affect our bottom line our pockets yeah cuz again there there's there's a segment of society they understand the economic value of it and i think once we get back to that when we get back to the point where we are you know fighting it fighting the systematic problems that we face each day when we fight it with our dollars instead of our mouths then we'll get a lot of movement right um but until we get to that point we're almost to some degree, in some instances, we're like the hamster on the wheel. Man. We're running. We're running, but we're not moving.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, the reason why I chose those two words is because I feel like at this point, are we still ignorant? Is there still a lot of people out there ignorant to the fact that, like, a a lot of this stuff is, is done on purpose. A lot of this stuff is thrown in your face on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, Are we ignorant, too ignorant to correct our algorithms at this point? Laziness, laziness. Are we, are we searching for the answers? Are we, Mm -hmm. like you just said, you used the word comfortable. Are we Mm -hmm. too comfortable to where are we too lazy?
0: I, I think we are. I think we're very, we're very much there because the thing is, is that a lot of times, you know, when we get, when we as a people get to a certain point, and I can't speak for everybody, but. Sometimes when we get to a certain point, we're like, okay, well, look, that ain't got nothing to do with me. You know, neither one of you know I live in the inner city anymore. You know what I'm saying? We don't live in the hood, and but what goes on in the hood still affects us because yeah. that's still our people. Yep. You know, I can understand mourning my favorite rapper getting gunned down, but I should also mourn that kid who got gunned down and got caught in a crossfire, you know, and he was just 10 years old and didn't have anything to do with anything because— that happens more than my favorite rapper getting gunned down. That's a fact. So it should it should bother me, and it shouldn't just bother me when a a cop kills an innocent black man or black woman. I should be bothered by it all. Everybody should, but I don't. I don't want everybody. I don't. I know that everybody's not going to take the 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 brunt of it the way that we do. But I mean, again, it goes back to it's, But part of that is systematic too, as well. Yeah. If you put a bunch of people. In a small contained area, you know, and that's why I never really—I don't buy into the 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 quote unquote theory of black on black crime. But yeah, there's black people that kill black people, but a part of that is systematic Baylor, Because if you put a bunch of black people in a small contained area and you give them very little to to to, to survive, crime is is crime almost always happens. Within a certain proximity, crime is a, is is crimes are committed in proximity.
1: That's a fact. You
0: know, there's nobody that you know that lives in South L.A. that will go out to Sherman Oaks and rob somebody. That's not going to happen. You know, nah. but you will go around a corner and rob somebody because why? Because it's right there. Right. If that's what you want to do. You know, so a lot of that stuff is, so much of what we're facing is systematic. And we have to, uh, first of all, understand the system. So that comes into your part about ignorance. But then not be complacent when we say, okay, it's time to move. We have to move. We can't afford to wait. Like I tell my kids all the time, we ain't got time to waste time. We don't.
1: Mm. Mm. There we go. You heard what he said. We don't have time to waste time sheesh not at all okay all right well then i mean that's that's wrapping that one up that was pretty straightforward all right 12 cal question Mm -hmm. number two what matters the most about holidays do you think it's the root of the day or is it the perception
0: that's a good question i think it's the um i think it's the root of the day um because, like, I'll, I'll use Christmas as an example, <laughs> Bella. There is well, when we were, when you and I were little, you know, there was only a certain amount of time built up to Christmas. Like, Christmas started basically, you know, the day after Thanksgiving. But I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I know I've seen it. And I'm sure most of the listeners seen it. You'll start seeing Christmas decorations in stores like right after Halloween. So November 1st, November 1st, you're getting, you're getting Christmas music, you're getting, Uh you're getting, uh, you're getting everything. Christmas ads on TV and things of that nature. I mean, yeah. Black Friday, I don't even know if Black Friday really exists because now marketers and, you know, retailers have figured out a way to say, "Hey, just, you know, after Thanksgiving dinner, come on in and shop with us."
1: Oh yeah, that you know, tu- that turkey, that that turkey logo <laughs> and that snowman logo are they neighbors, you know what yes, I mean? Yes. And they they're intertwined. And and the disrespect that Thanksgiving gets every year like, it just baffles me. Now, don't get me wrong. The day is celebrated. hmm You know, we eating, and we already know it's the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yep, and the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit. Right. Jesus. <laughs> Detroit. Shout out to Detroit, though, man. Right, right. Uh, they
1: but But we already know what it is. We're in front of that TV watching two teams. One we don't mm-hmm. care about. The other one we hate the most. You know what I right. mean? Uh, but that's what it is, and it's a routine. But when I tell you at... p.m. on that Thursday going into that Friday. Oh, you (laughs) best believe. Cue up Mariah Carey. Let's get this (laughs) thing rolling.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And, And, you know, it's funny man because all of that stuff that you just mentioned happens and then you get up to December 25th and and that's the impact of and and we're here and we got basketball on on um on on, on Christmas. Christmas day. Yep. Yeah. We got you know sometimes yeah. we will have football on, on Christmas and December 26th everything stops.
1: Everything stops and then and then, then then you get into for some of us maybe a lot of us it's it's that uh Yo, I've been worn out this whole year. I can't wait till the new year comes so I could <laughs> right, be a, a right. new me. You know new what I mean?
0: me, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of champagne. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's a it's a lot of uh, a lot of parties that people are going to, and they just it's almost like a graduation for humans. Yeah, you know, to make it to the it next is. year. So, yeah, I, I the reason why I say the perception is because. Mm-hmm when you talk about what we just finished bringing up uh, uh just, let's just say for example Christmas you know mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people like to like to bring up the dark side you, uh, about Christmas and you know is this Christ's real uh, real birthday and and this that mm-hmm. and the third right and I ain't gonna lie to you I stay away from that you know what I mean my favorite my favorite time of the year is fall overall but i love you know out here in, in california we don't get too much of the <laughs> of the you know midwest and east coast traditional winter weather you know mm-hmm. what i mean so our fall and winter kind of blend coincide with each other and and, and things like that and it's just a, it just it just looks different you know what i mean um but i love how it feels around that time mm-hmm. you know what i mean it just it but is it like, is that by design, you know what I mean? Like it, it just it just feels, you know, summertime, that's different,
0: right, you know right. what I
1: mean? That brings a different feel. but I, I ain't going to lie to you. Spring maybe, maybe has a feeling to me, but it's nothing that stands out more than like how that fall weather starts to show up that holiday weather, I call it. Mm-hmm. you know what Oh, I mean? no question.
0: No question. And you know what? Even when you speak of the perception, I think the thing is for us, particularly as we've gotten older, perception changes because, I mean, let's be real. We're adults, so Christmas ain't the same for us.
1: Oh, man.
0: I mean, you know, okay, yeah, you got a PS5 for Christmas, but here's the reality. You can buy a PS5 on April 1st. Or you can buy a PS5 on June 25th. It doesn't matter, you know, what day you because so what I'm saying is because you are someone who works for a living, you can make Christmas happen for you, your wife, and your kids 365. But the difference is when you were 10, Christmas only came once, and you look so forward to it because you asked for a bunch of stuff and you were just hoping that you were gonna get everything. So the perception is is totally different. Um but I, I like, I like the, like, for me, uh, I'm like you, fall is my favorite season, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday.
1: Mm, okay. And
0: I'm, I, I I get a little, I, I love the idea of co- family coming together. I love spending time with my family, man. I, I look forward to that more so than anything. Especially being older now, having kids in college, I look forward to them coming home for for Thanksgiving, that type of thing. Being able to see them, you know, having not seen them, you know, for a couple of months or what have you, like that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, Thanksgiving it don't feel like how it used to because, like you said, Bailey, really, all the stuff has changed. Like you know, it's, it's so we commercialized. Gotta, we
1: we got to say it. I think we. Look, first of all, when you if you ever lost somebody in your life, you will never hear me out when I say this, and I and mm-hmm. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you'll never get over it. You'll never oh, no. get over it. No. Okay? No. And I say that to say this. We don't have the traditional Big Mamas anymore. No. We don't have No, that. not like that. No. And and, and and we will never have that again because those Big Mamas was built off of some history that mm-hmm. a lot of us wouldn't be able to endure. No, no, no. And as much pain as you go through, oh man, it's times 50 with the joy. Mm-hmm. So that's why they food tastes better. Because they <laughs> had a different type of love cuz it came from a different mm-hmm. type of struggle, a different type of pain that led to a different type of joy. Mm-hmm. And they gain and they and not only earn that respect shit. I think they was born with that respect. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. that's why you couldn't curse in Big Mama's house. You know what I'm saying? That's why you had to close that damn screen door. That's mm-hmm. why you had to turn them damn lights off because you're running her electric bill up. You know what I mean? It was a certain respect. Her cornbread tastes different.
0: Oh yeah, you know oh yeah. What I mean? It, it was. It, it's like you said. It's love. It's love. Yeah, yeah. And there's no
1: auntie bougie or petty auntie that will ever duplicate. You know what I'm saying? Those recipes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. And figure out which one of y'all is the rich and uh broke auntie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you know, and that's the thing, man. And that you know, as we get older, you, you're right. You know, when you have you know family members that transition on, that makes holidays a little bit more tougher because you know you just you have those memories of them not being there. You you have those memories of them being there and then them not being there. Uh, it makes you you know kind of down a little bit or whatever like that. Uh, but the thing I will also say on the flip side of that is understand that you are a person. Within that circle now, so there's somebody that's looking at you with that same reverence. You know, whether it be your kids or your little cousins that come over, your nieces and nephews, whomever. They're oh man, Baylor did. I remember when Baylor. And you know, and it's funny because if you want to know what they think, ask them. They'll tell you about the time back in '85 when you came over and they had. You know, popsicles and y'all shared popsicles on the on the porch. You don't remember nothing like that, right? But they remember it because those are memories that you made. So even as us as an as adults, you know, like I remember looking up to my uncles and aunts, and you know, now I I mean, well, I've been an uncle for a long time, but it's like you know, I've been an uncle for twenty three years, but now it's like. I'm the cool uncle when my, when my nieces and nephews come over there, like, Hey, you know, uncle Kyle, we can, we come to your house and we do this. And, and, you know, so it was like, it's like the cool thing to do. So we, we slowly, slowly, but surely we become those that, you know, came before us.
1: Yeah. My, my knees, Rai Ry, when (laughs) I tell you, when I tell you, because she leads the league and Hey, uncle Baylor. When I tell you that hit, that hit different, cause I'm like, I still feel like I could put up 35. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yep. no, I'm there though. I I am. I have entered Uncle Baylor status. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And that and that's more than just. That comes with a lot. That comes with trying to continue to to bring a little bit of what how you celebrated the holidays back in the day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's different. The times have changed. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff, it it just moved more faster and it's so modern now. Uh, I'm I'm such a fan uh, of the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Because it just felt like the 80s in general just felt more simple and more creative. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that, like, it wasn't a lot going on like it is now you know Mm -hmm. and we respected a lot of things back in the day like going to a shaky's pizza spot you know what i'm saying and and enjoying some pizza and wings and and playing video games arcades yo 12 cal has one of the best (laughs) i'm going back in time podcast and it just it it it. gets me geeked up because i'm like cuz that's going to be one of our episodes. Y'all going to hear it now. I'm about to put it on paper. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about 91 versus 01. Okay. You yeah.
0: Know? And I know yeah. that I know that's somebody's senior Ooh. 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 year, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that was my my senior year was 91 high school. Yep. Yeah. That
1: was my senior year 01. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. we we exactly 10 years apart and we need to mm-hmm. talk about, you know, what you know, the 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 top 5 songs. Back in 91, the, the, you know, and you have those, you got content like that where you mm-hmm. break down what we wore and this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. but it, it's time to do the remix. You know what Let's I mean? Let's do it. You know Let's do I mean? it, man. But, uh, no, I, I, again, I don't think we'll get those big mamas back and and, and those grandpas and those uncles, and that's what shaped yeah. Our holidays, you know what I mean? And it was the way of the world, you know? So to me, it was more of the perception of the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like I learned, I started to learn about the roots of the holidays, and they, but it was so many different stories. And some of those stories were negative, some were positive. Yes. But I looked at it on the surface to where, yo, my favorite day is actually the day after my birthday. I was born on December 23rd. 1982. Mm-hmm. That was also uh, my father's birthday. You know what I okay. mean. And it's special to me. A lot of people say, you know, I know you. That's one of the most hated birthdays because you know you might not get that so close life. to Christmas. Yeah. yeah, so close to Christmas. Nobody paying attention to that. When you gonna party? Are you gonna throw a party? People gonna come. Probably <laughs> not. And and they have came to surprise birthday parties. Right. Shout out to my wife, and shout out to Dabo. Um, but. Like, it's so special because I know, like, everybody's relaxing. Everybody's in that spirit around my birthday time, whether they know it or not. You know what I mean? And I know my day, the D- December 23rd, that's literally <clears throat> one of the last days to do some shopping yep. because everything is going to wrap up on Christmas Eve and everything is closed on Christmas Day. So the 23rd mm-hmm. is a special day to me, and it's part of – the holiday season that I like the most, but it's all perception for me.
0: And that's all that matters. That's yeah. all that matters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I create, I I create my own reality, you know, sometimes. All right. 12 Cal, we about to wrap it up with the last question. And this, okay, one, okay. This, this one is a doozy right here. Right. 12 Cal, what's the strongest thing about fear? It's a two part question mm-hmm. or uh, technically three. Is it the unknown or what you've experienced that you don't want to experience again? So for the listeners who went to a public high school, such as myself, I'm going to break this down to them. The unknown is basically what a lot of us don't know about, which is death or working for yourself when you've been working for someone your whole life, not Mm -hmm. knowing how your entrepreneur or ownership is going to work out in the future. You know what I mean? That's the unknown. The experience that you don't want to experience again, well, self-explanatory, something that you've been in, man. You got caught up in the gym. You had mm-hmm. a jam. You go to the club. They started shooting. You remember four or five bullets going right past your face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you <laughs> knew how you felt at that moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or it was, you know, uh, uh, a huge heartbreak. You know what I'm saying. Where it happened in middle school, high school, college, or a divorce. You know what I'm saying. And 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 you were scared of losing him or her to somebody else or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the experience part. So, twelve cow. What do you think is the strongest part about fear? Is it the unknown, or is it the experience?
0: Um, first of all, that's a great question. I think, I think for me, there's different types of fear. There's the, the, the fear that you haven't had, um, that I guess that would be the fear of the unknown. That fear in a lot of ways pushes me. Um, I'm not afraid of that fear. Um, because I look at it as a challenge and, when you're in that moment of that particular fear of the unknown, in a in a weird way, you can kind of relax a little bit because your mind doesn't have a chance to, especially if it's happening quick, you don't have a chance to think. And I'll use a football reference. Uh, I played football through high school and college at South Carolina State. One of the most fearful things that you can do as a football player, I played wide receiver, Right. And you already know where I'm going with this. One of the most fearful things you can do is go across the middle. Go and across that middle and let me tell you, buddy, it's gonna be some people there waiting <laughs> on you. Yeah. And, and and look, they already don't like you before the no, play. Before the play. You got on the wrong colors. So yeah. they're gonna and and when when you're somebody like me who wasn't particularly big, you know, they that's that's I mean, that's meat right there. They gonna hey, light you up. Have you ever heard
1: of Hardy Nickerson? You might want to fall <laughs> down before he gets there, okay?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, he would knock your, Well, the old folks say, knock your block off. Bill
1: Romanowski, you might
0: want to get yes. down
1: before he gets there.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And so it, even in going across the middle, there's a certain, at some point during the play, when the ball is in the air, all the fear goes away. Because you know that you're going to get hit, but your focus is strictly on the ball. Now the fear, and it's kind of weird, Bella, because the fear comes back once you catch catch the ball because you know it's coming. Now you know it because you—it's know time you're not to get out of there. there. The house is yeah, on
1: fire. Ex- it's time exactly. to go. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um. So the fear. So th- there's that kind of fear where you kind of relax in that particular moment, but then you re you reattach yourself to the fear, and then as you mentioned earlier, there's a fear of failure. Now I will admit the fear of failure has pushed me all of my life. Mm. The fear of, because particularly once I became a father, I knew I couldn't fail. Like there was, there's no other options because I don't, I never wanted to be in a position where my kids were looking at me like, dad let me down. I never wanted to let my kids down. So does that mean that I have to be the president of a Fortune 500 company? No. But part of my job as a father is to be an example and be a provider. Provider doesn't mean that they got to live in a million dollar mansion house, but it means that I have to put food on their on the table, clothes on the back. Don't have to be Gucci, <laughs> but it's got to be clothes on their back, food on the table and, you know, a, a place of comfort for them. And so the fear of failure has always been, it's always pushed me. It's pushed me even further as I became a father. So to me, the fear of failure is a good, is a good, um, I think the the flip side of fear, uh, the fear of the unknown, you got the fear of the unknown. And then you said the fear of the experience. Yeah. I've been there, like you said, at the club, gunshots going off. You don't know where to bullets... And it's weird because, like, I remember distinctly, I was in college, and I remember hearing the gunshots going off, and because the buildings were so close, you know, like, the echo made it sound like the bullets were a lot closer than where they were. To be honest, to this day, I don't know where the bullets were. They were really shooting in the air, but it's it it sounded to me like they were standing right beside me. See? <laughs> so I was like, and that's all so it I, takes. I hit the ground. I was bear crawling on my stomach because I didn't know where those bullets were coming from, and it was maybe six or seven. And that's that's all I needed to hear. I was on the ground. You know, I ain't care nothing about the white the the white tee that I had on. <laughs> I didn't care nothing about the Jordans I had on. You know, it was that's what it was. So I think all of those fears. Um, Kind of play coming into play, and I, I hope I'm answering the question. All of those fears kind of come into play. So there's a good fear, the fear of failure. There's a a, a, a bad fear of being in an experience or like, and even if, let's say, like you mentioned earlier, um, you walking home and, and here comes the bully, and you gotta you gotta fight. You're not gonna you're gonna stay stand your ground. You're gonna fight, but at some point in that fight. The fear kind of leaves because you know you got to stand on your own too at that point. Correct. You, you you know you you're not scared you're not scared about what's going to happen. You're not scared if they're going to stab you. You just got to fight. Yeah. And then you you kind of the and honestly, Baylor. In those instances, the fear really kind of creeps in after it's all over. Yeah. You know, it's like man, damn, I I got jumped by four dudes. And I beat two of them ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and you're like, man, I ain't got no scratch on me. And then you start thinking about, man, I got jumped by four dudes. Then you start walking
1: to school different.
0: (laughs) It's different after that, right? So, um, so all of those fears really come into play. I think, like I said, the biggest fear for me has been the fear of failure, and that fear has pushed me all of my life. And I think it's I've turned it into a good fear. I just I don't ever want to fail my kids or my wife.
1: And you know what? When I hear another man say that, that that pushes me because we all in the same boat. Like we got mm-hmm. we got, we got the, when, when it comes to family, we got the same goals. You feel me? Oh, no so, question. I definitely understand that. And uh, uh, from from a, from one father to another father, I, I I see your work. I watch your work. I study your work. And you need your flowers, so I'm a salute Appreciate you because you are a man that is taking care. Uh, of your family you got some extremely smart kids and the world in the future like should be in a better place if we got more of them I hope so. You know what
0: I mean? That's <laughs> I what we so.
1: need. That's what we need. I hope need. so,
0: man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Now man. I say I say the same about you.
1: Hey, man, you know, it's one day at a time. I'm, I'm Look, I got to learn from my OGs. I, I, I sent mm-hmm. a tweet a couple of years ago or something like that that said, some of y'all OGs lied to y'all. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? Ooh, because that's the preach. truth. They don't want to talk preach. about it because they looked preach. up to them. But, yep. you know, all your OGs wasn't solid. You know, so sometimes you got to replace them. Or figure it out. You know, that's what I did. I had to go replace some of my OGs. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, but now 12 Cal, I lied. I okay. did. I said I was going to only have three questions for you. You know I had to give you a bonus question. Let's the do you don't want that got the bonus episodes. <laughs> I learned from you. I just told Let's you I replaced my OGs. The, the, the new OGs <laughs> teaching me new stuff. So here's the bonus question. To get up right. out of here, because you know how we get down with the sports. Right. Mm-hmm. I could not get you out of here without talking about it. Just a little bit. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. Here's the question. Mm-hmm. The three players, and you already know where I'm going with this. You know the three players already. Okay. Kobe, Bron, MJ. Right? <sighs> there you go. I know. I know. <laughs> Yo, if you want to raise some blood pressure, I got three names for you all day. Right? Mm-hmm. Kobe, Bron, Jordan, Jordan. Brian, Kobe, however you want to say it, whichever order, mm-hmm. you got to pick one for business, you got to pick one for fatherhood, and you have to pick one for playing career.
0: Um, Let's see. For fatherhood, I'm going to go with LeBron. Okay. For business, I'm going to go with Kobe. No, 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 no. Damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, that's, tough, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Here we uh, go. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go with Jordan for the business, and then Kobe with the playing career.
1: Yo, you called um, me off. Yo, you, you surprised me. You surprised me on that one. Yeah,
0: I, I had. I two, think you
1: surprised a lot of people on that one.
0: Yeah, and, and the reason being is because I remember, you know, I, again, I'm older than you. I remember when the Jordans came out. The J- Baylor, the Jordans were the first Jordans. I want to say were fifty dollars. You I asked, lying? I asked. I asked my mom to buy me a pair of Air Jordans, and you would have thought that I, I you would. I mean, like she almost slapped slapped. The face out of my mouth. Yeah. And you know she and she hit me with the line, and I'm sure you heard it in your house. Boy, do you think money grows on trees?
1: Man, we still looking for that tree. <laughs> we are still looking for that tree.
0: Hey, man, I've been looking for that tree all my life. Even when k came out with the song, I still was looking for the tree. <laughs> and I ain't found it. And so, $50, but I mean, like, if and yeah, $50 would have been a lot for us. But I wanted, because everybody, I mean, those Jordans were everything. And so, like, all of the cool kids had them. And you wanted a pair. And and what Jordan was able to do with Nike, I mean, Michael Jordan has not played basketball in I don't know how long. And his shoe is still the number one selling shoe in the world. I don't, I mean, like, that doesn't happen for yeah. athletes. And he re- literally paved the way and opened doors because when Magic and Bird and Isaiah, when those guys had their shoe deals, they all, they did commercials together. Like, Jordan was the first that I can remember that had his own, not only his own shoe, but he did his own commercial. You right. go back and look at those Converse commercials, Jordan and, and I mean, uh, Magic and, and and Bird and Isaiah, they were all in the commercials together. Yeah. Jordan was the one that had his own shoe and his own line. And what he did business-wise has been incredible. Um, and then if you look at Kobe's playing career, uh, to do it all... And, you know, a, a lot of people came on, jumped on the Kobe bandwagon, you know, after, you know, he became a superstar. But yeah. the real ones know. The real ones remember those air balls in Utah. Yeah. The real ones remember him, you know, getting criticized at the All-Star game for trying to go one-on-one with Mike. Yeah. The real yeah. ones remember yeah. him getting... The real, it's the it's ones, funny
1: it's funny how it's funny how they praised him though once he started oh, going, no once he went one on one with Brian.
0: L- listen, the real ones remember what he went through in, with the whole Colorado situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, that
0: was that wasn't yeah. an easy time for him. It wasn't an easy time for that team, and like people, it was divided. Like and the whole beef that he had with Shaq. Now, granted, we didn't have social media back then, so we don't know. All we knew was what was being. Reported of what was you know being spent through the grapevine, but there was a clear divide of people who sided with Shaq, and it was some Lakers fans too, sided with Shaq, some sided with Kobe. And so for him to have the career that he had and the trajectory, and he did something that not a lot of people do. He played his whole career with that one team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now
0: the other two, the other two that we mentioned, Bron and Jordan, they did. I mean, for I mean, I, I personally I don't count the Wizards, <laughs> but, but but um, but yeah, I mean, to, for him to do that, he came to LA as a kid, yeah, and to see his career blossom and to be what it was, and I mean, you know, at the time of this recording, we're coming up on you know his anniversary of his his uh, passing, which to me still feels empty, and it's it's kind of hard to talk about because it's like. Every Like, even when you see interviews and stuff and you see him and it's like, he should be here for this. Like, he should be here for everything. And and I'm saying this as somebody who, for the majority of Kobe's career, I didn't like Kobe at all. But he showed me something when he tore his Achilles. And then I just, I started watching him even more. And I was like, man, I don't know why I've been hating all these years. I, I literally told my friends, I was like, man, I've been hating this dude for no reason. I yeah. like, I, and, and I always respected his game but I was I was a hater and I was like I don't know why I've been hating this dude and I just I after that man I could not stop watching him I watched his interviews I became a fan even though I hated the Lakers and but I had so much respect I always have always respected his game but I had more respect for him and then for him to be taken away from us the way that it was I just it, it's still like Kind of surreal. I never watched any of the coverage because I I could not bring myself to admit that he was no longer here. And it's still you know something that I talked about briefly on the podcast, but I didn't really go into a lot of detail because it's still not it still hasn't registered to me to some degree. Um, but yeah, long story short, I'm taking Kobe's career, Jordan businessman, and LeBron the father.
1: Hey, yeah, and look, I'm honestly I thought. I knew I knew when it came to That was a
0: great question. You gotta go
1: <laughs> When it came to the playing career, I said it's gonna be impossible for him. I can <gasps> see him switching back and forth between fatherhood and mm-hmm. business with Bron and, and Kobe because if you really think about it, all three of them uh excelled in all categories. Now yeah. you might have some questions about you know MJ and his kid, but that was only because they didn't really highlight him as the family man like they did with uh, Kobe and Braun, but that's also because it was a different era as yeah, well. It was a different era. Yeah. yeah Jordan, Jordan, you know I mean? Jordan,
0: Jordan specifically and purposely kept his kids out of his private life and his public life. He wanted a, and there was a clear line in the divide between that. So yeah. like it was for a long time, like we only knew their names. Like there were no pictures, there was no nothing. The media and Jordan asked. I remember him asking the media not to talk about his kids or, any, or asking questions about his kids. You know, we knew their names and stuff like that, but we didn't know. And then, like, even once his son started playing basketball, like that I don't made think that I found, made
1: that made news only because of obviously, yeah. you know. Who but I, but I
0: mean, honestly, I don't think I found that out until like they were in high school, and then like they were like seniors yeah. before I found out that they were playing ball. But you yeah. know. Um, but you're right that you could pick any, ca- I mean, LeBron off the court business-wise has been incredible.
1: Right. So, right.
0: I mean, anybody else other than maybe Jordan that you putting them up against. And I can, I mean, honestly, you can make a case that LeBron off the court has been even more impressive than he's been on the court. Yeah. And the that's, way he that's saying a lot. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's because, saying a lot.
1: Because, I mean, I mean, if if you really look at it, to be, all, to be honest, we all hated against the three, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at least from different fan bases and stuff like yes. that. We hated on the other two for the same reason everybody hated on the guy that we like. It was the same thing. They oh, brought, It was something different. You know, it was something different. When Kobe got here, Kobe basically showed like, yo, this is hard work. I'm letting y'all know this is hard work, and I'm going to butt heads with whoever you love and like, because they not doing it like me.
0: Mm -hmm. They're not like me. You
1: know what I mean? And He he, he made it
0: clear. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he became, he, he became extremely loved once we was like, Oh my God. Not, and it's not the actual passing part is when he left, when he was leaving the NBA Mm -hmm. and he was doing his tour and he got that phenomenal commercial of everybody saying I hate you, that you know I, you know I hate you, Kobe, and it's like, but but damn, he's really gone. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, he's he's no longer a part of the game. Uh, and then when you see him sitting down coaching uh his daughter and his daughter's team, and, mm-hmm. and now you start to see the fun side of Kobe, the yeah. joking yep. side of Kobe, yep. because and a
0: side that we never saw,
1: we never saw, and it was so warm. And then when you look at Brian, Brian took it to another level where. He's doing movies with his kids, right? Mm-hmm. Not only, not only that, he's making, he's making TikToks. He's, he's posting videos on IG. He's speaking to cats on Twitter, so on and so on. So, and it's like, that's, we, we had never seen that before, you know? And then when you start talking about, you walk into any barbershop in America and probably overseas at this point, <laughs> and you talk about whoever the greatest is. Yeah. You're going to be there all day. You gonna be mm-hmm. in there all day because you gonna have these cats who grew up and then look, we gonna we we talking about cats who who be talking about Dr. J now, <laughs> right? You know what I mean, right? You, right. And, and I'm I got Kareem up there,
0: so we are gonna mm-hmm. be there
1: all night, and we ne- and then guess what? We ain't gonna never figure it out. Ooh, we gonna no, never, never figure do. it
0: out. It it'll, it'll never be figured out. And and I, just to, to piggyback off your point, it was something that I I I, I made up. Uh, we had a conversation in one of my group chats the other day, and I'll say it, I want to share it here on the podcast. The one thing that LeBron did that you just mentioned that Jordan didn't have a chance to do, and Kobe did after pretty much after his co- playing career was done, was social media. Right. And, you know, of course it was based on the timing because there was no social media when Jordan played. But the one thing I will say about LeBron is that LeBron has been able to go through his entire career. And I think probably the worst thing that you could say that he did was, um, you know, the decision. And the decision wasn't bad. It was probably how he handled it. It was new
1: and it was corny.
0: Right. But other than that, but I mean, like, he wasn't, he's been squeaky clean off the court. And he's done things his way. He said whatever he wanted to say, so forth and so on. And I think, I don't know that Michael Jordan could have, if all things considered, if Social media was around when Jordan came into the league in 84, all the way through his careers, through his retirements, through his father's murder. There's no way, no way that Michael Jordan would have survived in the NBA.
1: Oh, heck, heck no. You know who, who, who would have been his number one uh, nemesis? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Yo, if Isaiah Thomas has a... <laughs>
0: what?
1: Oh, my God, Let yeah. me get Yo, and then... Because if, if you have social media back then, we're talking about Prime, Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. we talking about the real Magic. Come on. Look, Magic, I follow you on Twitter. I know that's not you. We know right. that at this point, we know that's not you. We know right, when you type right, right. something, okay? <laughs> so we know that's not you. But having right. Magic type up on there, Bird, I feel like Bird and KD got the same personality.
0: Ooh, yeah. They, they. I mean, they basketball junkies. I just, I, mean, like, I just,
1: I just think, I just think Bird did it better. <laughs> I think Bird did know, it better.
0: You know the thing is too. Like they just like for for Michael to go through social media. The thing that was 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 present back then was that if a reporter like Jordan's, you know, trips to Atlantic City and Vegas, going gambling and stuff, those things were legendary. Yeah. But if a reporter saw you. If a reporter saw a player at the club late at night or he saw him at the bar or he saw him at the casino, he'd look at him, but he would never report what he saw. So the difference is, can you imagine Mike going to the casino TMZs in there, you know, he got strippers in it there. Been, Come on, yo, the man. Game,
1: the, I will say this. If they had it, the the game that we seen on the court wouldn't have been there. Not not no. not, not him. No. I'm talking about the game in general because it would have no. been too much entertainment. But yeah, no, I want these are my top three. Dennis Rodman in his prime, please give him a Twitter. Uh, Tupac in his prime, please give him a Twitter account. <laughs> Mike Tyson in his prime, please oh my give him a Twitter oh account, gosh. and do not ban him because y'all think Bo- y'all think Boosie be going off. Y'all think Yay be going
0: off? Give Mike, give Prime Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh my. Man, listen. Oh, my gosh. Mike Tyson would have, man, his his DMs would be crazy. He'd be in trouble, man, because chicks would be screenshotting his DMs and everything.
1: No disrespect to Floyd because nobody did it like him, and he's another Mm -hmm. person that a lot of people hated because he did things different. Um, But his press conference don't, man, you got to, y'all got to go watch Mike press conference, boy. You don't, Mm -hmm. and he already told you, dog, I got a condition. So I'm trying to get <laughs> out of there. All right. If I see you blink, if I see any type of fear, when we touch gloves, I got you. Oh
0: yeah. He he was one of the few people that he literally won the fight before he threw us for his first punch.
1: So many people wasted that $60 from pay-per-view. Oh. Because hey, it was my, more, my it, hand was, is raised. it was my more, hand is raised. was it was my more. Let me tell y'all. Let me <laughs> tell y'all youngsters a little bit something before we get up out of here. Yo, look up Mike Tyson pay-per-view events. There was more talking than boxing. Okay, mm-hmm. so Facts. we spent sixty dollars just to see them <laughs> talk about the fight because the Facts. fight didn't last
0: that long. You, you you know it's funny. Tyson was so incredible that like, if his opponent lasted to the third round. That was a success.
1: That was a win. That was a moral victory. <laughs> that was that was that was what happened uh, uh, when my Raiders played the Niners this year, where mm. they beat us by a field goal, but we still put up thirty four points. That's called a moral victory. Right moral there.
0: victory. Yes, yes. It was a lot of moral victories with Mike. <laughs>
1: well, Cal, my brother, and I mean a heavy emphasis on the brother. I appreciate yes, you coming through again. Man, uh, anytime, man. I told you the next show that we should be doing is ninety one versus O One. Let's do it. I mean? uh, just, I just it. want all to put that in there. Is,
0: all we gotta do is set, you know, all we gotta do is set the date. That's it. That's we'll we'll I'm, make it happen.
1: That's what I'm saying. But, you know, until then, you know, some of my listeners might wanna know if you got content similar to BTG and BTG got content similar to 12 cows. Well, they need to know where they can find you at.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And, and if, trust me, if you listen to this, this podcast, you will see a lot of similarities between the two of us. Uh, but yeah, my podcast is called the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, new episodes drop every Thursday at midnight. Uh, and from time to time I drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Um, you can find the podcast on all streaming platforms, Um, there's a YouTube channel. There'll be some video content as well. You can find on on YouTube as well. And um, you can catch me on socials, uh, at 12Kyle or at 12KylePodcast.
1: 12Kyle, you got two seconds to answer this question. No thoughts, no nothing with it. Ice Cube or Biggie Smalls? Cube. Okay, there we go. go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's
0: got got more albums, so.
1: No doubt. I just wanted to put you on the spot real quick.
0: Oh, I'm good. You know, I'm good at that now. (laughs) Plus, Cube's my guy. Cube's my guy, but I think Billy Biggie's a better lyricist. But if I'm if I gotta pick one, give me Cube, Prime Cube. Ain't nobody messing with Cube.
1: That's what I'm saying, West Coast.